This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is a Fantasy Fast Track pod presented by MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Brad the Big Noise Evans here joined by Senior Fun Buns Brandon Funston. Week 7, the main slate on the horizon. Hopefully you're not already in a massive hole and you're dealing with a deficit. You're going to have to dig a hole up out of China to get uh, past it. But uh, we've got a lot of exciting action. We're going to find out what's going to go on with Tampa and the Las Vegas Raiders. Brandon, as that game is a bit in flux, uh, we do have a player prop tied to that on today's program. So hopefully it'll be Sunday. If not, maybe Monday or maybe Tuesday. Uh, but the NFL's got quite the pickle to deal with there. But before we get to today's Fantasy Five, answer me this. Among young upstart running backs, who packs the most fantasy punch this week? Justin Jackson against the Jacksonville Jaguars. DeAndre Swift in Hot Atlanta. Or Clyde Edwards Hilaire dodging Denver Broncos and Snowflakes in the Mile High City. How would you rank that? Oh, man, I'm so tempted. You might be surprised. I'm actually going to say DeAndre Swift is number three here for me. What? Um, yeah, what? Right. Really? And I am surprised. surprised. Yeah. Going up against Grady Jarrett, who has been Aaron Donald-esque this year. He's been an absolute stud. Atlanta is not the softy in the run game that people want to suspect. You got Matt Patricia at play still. Do not discount the fa- the potential of the rug being pulled out from underneath oh, you, please. DeAndre Swift, uh, GMs there. So I'm going to go Clyde Edwards-Solaire. I don't think Le'Veon Bill is going to have uh, too big of an impact this week. Not just yet. Clyde Edwards-Solaire coming off the big game. I wanted I wanted to look this up uh, before you asked me this question. What's the stacked front percentage for CEH? Because I'm guessing with Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and the way that Kansas City offense is uh, how explosive it is. It kind of loosens things up for the running back. So uh, Justin Jackson's close for me, but I'm going to go Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, I am going to go just the opposite of where you're going. By the way, uh, he is number 32 in stack front carry rate, and that means it's a positive because he's only seen a stack front 10.3% of the time, 4.1 carries per game. So there you go. And that's what I'm getting at. Even as great as Denver is against the running backs, they're going to have to make some adjustments for this Kansas City Chiefs offense. And I think those adjustments will be to the benefit of CEH. Well, if they run like old school style, like uh, I thought it was Priest Holmes. I thought it was Larry Johnson, Christian Okoye, Barry Word. I mean, that's what Andy Reid installed last week because that kind of offense against the Buffalo Bills is just run early, run often, and pulverize the competition. But I don't, I'm don't. i not seeing it. Not against this Broncos front. Shelby Harris and company have been brilliant and gap assignment coverage all season long. CEH is a low man on the totem pole here for me. DeAndre Swift, believe it or not, is in the middle. You make uh, stew points about Grady Jarrett and company as Atlanta's getting just 3.66 yards per carry, 68.3 rush yards per game, but they've given up 7.7 receptions per game. 54.7 receiving yards per game of the running back position. And I think where Swift is going to do a lot of damage. I think he'll score through the air. But Justin Jackson is number one for me. It's Jacksonville. They're clawless. They're cute little cuddly kittens who haven't earned their fancy feast. And if Jackson gets anywhere close to what we saw against the Saints pre-buy, it's going to be 100 yards and a touchdown. And that's what the, the upside and the ceiling that I'm chasing this week. Well, here's the, here's the takeaway for the listeners. Our consensus ranking here would ha- then have Justin Jackson number one. 
because I I have Jackson very close to Clyde Edwards Slayer. You have him number one. So of this group, I think our consensus is a firm confirmation for Justin Jackson. Oh God, I wish I was firm everywhere. I'm just <laughs> I'm not. I'm very doughy and soft. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad news. Well, look, uh, here's the good news. I'm going to get some action at monkeyknifefight.com, and you should do the same to add a little spice to your daily fantasy sports regimen. If you've never been to monkeyknifefight.com, go there right now. Use the promo code FTN. Again, promo code FTN. And when you sign up as a new user, get a free $5 game on the house. There's no sharks in the waters. It's you against the house. More or less, over or under on props. It's a wonderful game. Parlay them together. The more you do it, the more you hit, the more cash you score. Go there now. Promo code FTN at monkeynightfight.com. Let's get to today's Fantasy Five. Number five. All right, let's start things off. Will Fuller and at monkeynightfight.com. Here is a line, Brandon. 77 and a half receiving yards. And I'm going to take the firm under here as Rarified Jair has been a lockdown corner for the Green Bay Packers. And we believe that he is going to shadow uh, Will Fuller exclusively. It could be really good news for Brandon Cooks in this game, uh, Darren Fells as well. But I've got Fuller in that wide receiver 30 to wide receiver 36 range. Barely a wide receiver three in 12 team leagues. He has scored in four consecutive games. The A dot is massive. You know, he's obviously one of the premier field stretchers in the league. But Alexander has given up right around a 71 passer rating and just 0.71 yards per snap to his assignments. And if he truly shadows him like he's done with many big names in the league so far this season, this could be one of those kind of snooze fests for Will mm. Fuller where he disappears, which he does occasionally. So I nowhere close to 77 and a half receiving yards firm under here. Fade or follow. Yeah, he might not even get halfway there because he's living on a Jair. What do you think about that? <laughs> Good. Well played. Well so you know where I'm going with that yeah. one. And yes, I, I agree with what you're saying for all those reasons. Jair Alexander has been absolutely a stud and it could be a Brandon Cooks, you know, um, living opposite of Jair Alexander in this game. So, uh, yep, taking the under on that one. Uh, anytime it can work in Bon Jovi, it's a W for the pod. Number four. All right, let's move on to the quarterback position and a guy who is searing right now. Here's how I described him in my piece this week uh, in the Fantasy Flames at FTNFantasy.com. Uh, I said, Ryan Tannehill is a Carolina Reaper with a Tabasco chaser. That's how hot he is. You know, multi-TD machine. And he looked at the matchup on paper thinking, well, it's a steel curtain, right? Well, you can't run on Pittsburgh, and you know you know that Tennessee is going to you know try their damnedest to run Derrick Henry down the throat, but you can't throw on them. They have allowed the most air yards per game of any secondary in the league this season, and several offenses have had a tremendous amount of success. The line for Tannehill is 19.5 fantasy points, and I'm going to take the over here. I think he's going to be you know comfortably in the 255 to 270 range. Through the air, always a threat to scramble, get outside the tackle box, you know, make the most by chewing up some of the real estate with those fast spinning legs, you know, maybe get you 20, 25 rushing. And I tell you what, man, I, you know, I, I'm going to go with the trend, which is at least two to three touchdowns every single week. So if he achieves what I'm trying to sell the audience here, he'll race past this 19.5 fantasy points and in the 20s overall. Fade or follow Ryan Tannehill, 19.5 fantasy points on the over. 
Yeah, you look at his last 15 regular season games. I think he's hit over this number 10 of them, and I think he's been at 19.4, depending on your scoring system. But Yahoo scoring uh, 19.4 twice. So he knocks on this door or blows past or blows through it most every week. And in that 15-game span, 35 touchdown passes, five rushing touchdowns. This guy has not only been a QB1 for basically a full season, he's been an upper half QB1. He's been a top five quarterback yeah. over the span so it's time to it's time to quit second guessing ryan Tannehill. Uh, start ranking him like you would um kyler murray deshaun watson russell wilson pat mahomes uh this guy's a stud and he figures out a way to help your fantasy team pretty much every week i will take the over as well wake up and smell the stats on Tannehill. let's do an impromptu game of head-to-head who would you rather start at the quarterback position this week ryan Tannehill or justin herbert's going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, look, I, I have a lot of love for Justin Herbert as well. After I just professed my love for Ryan Tannehill's uh, fantasy value, I just love the matchup for Herbert a little bit better. So I do have Herbert ranked higher, but these guys are both in what I would say is QB1 class for this week, and they should both be started. Uh, it's Herbert for me at seven, uh, Tannehill at eight. Uh, what about Tannehill or Cam Newton coming off a clunker against the Broncos? He gets San Francisco at home. Uh, you wouldn't find a bigger non-Cam Newton fan than me. He is down in the in the deep teens in my rankings. Wow. Yeah, I've got him at 12 this week. Last one, Ryan Tannehill or Big Ben uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers going against Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. Yeah, I'm going Big Ben just ever so slightly like the Chase Claypool emergence. Just feels like he's got weapons in the passing game that uh, really raise his floor a lot. Uh, I am climbing up on Tanny Hill. Duh, 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 duh. There you go. Terrible reference. Number three. All right, moving on. Let's get Odell Beckham in here. Uh, LSU banned him for a couple of years. Uh, he had a really odd quote this week about uh, COVID, uh, which it was. I, I don't know what, exactly what it was. Like COVID's going to see me and it's going to be scared, but we've got like this mutual appreciation for one another. It's like what? Where are you at, OBJ? Like what are you talking about? It's very odd. Uh, his line is sixty nine and a half receiving yards. Remember, he had seventy four the first battle for Ohio against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think he's going to come close to this in the rematch. I have him way down in my wide receiver ranks list this week, so I'm taking the under on 69.5. It's going to be a heavy, heavy dose of Kareem Hunt in this game. I think Austin Hooper's going to have himself a nice little game, too, as Cincinnati has had its struggles defending the tight end, giving up north of 60 yards per game to that position. Beckham has been a roller coaster ride. He's flat out admitted my last couple of weeks said, hey, you know, my number's going to be down this year because this is a largely conservative offense. He's throwing tipper tantrums again. He's not a happy camper in any of this. I mean, this is just a culmination of stay away <laughs> when you look at everything that has transpired here the last like seven to ten days with OBJ. Fade or follow me on the under 69 and a half receiving yards against an improving secondary of Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't disagree with what you're saying, um, but I'm going to fade you on this one. I think because because of the matchup, because they'll go run heavy, and because that's going to end up being where Cincinnati is going to have to be focused, and because Jarvis Landry has a hip and rib injury and is not really bringing, you know, bringing much to the table right now health-wise, I think Odell Beckham has an opportunity to at least kind of match what he did in the first go-around, four catches, 74 yards. Not sure he'll get in the end zone, 
but I think he's going to creep just over this number. It's not a huge number. I'm not expecting huge things from Odell, but I do think he'll get just over this, so I will fade you. El rapido head-to-head. Tell me you'd rather have this week, Odell Beckham Jr. or Tim Patrick in the snow against Kansas City. Uh, I'm going to go Odell Beckham slightly. Oh, you know where I'm going. Tim Patrick. Yep. Uh, Deontay Johnson likely to return against Tennessee or Odell Beckham? Uh, Deontay Johnson. boy. Last one. Deontay for me as well. Debo Samuel. If you go against Debo, you have officially broken up with him. They are close. I do have Debo just ahead of him. Oh, the romance is still alive. (laughs) Number two. All right, let's move on to the running back position, Kenyon Drake. Uh, you know, people still picking up the pieces after that 69-yard touchdown and garbage time against Dallas. I love his comments from his mom. Did you see that this week? His mom told him pregame, son, hit the damn hole. That's what she said. <laughs> Kenyon Drake goes out, you know, surpasses 100 yards, pair of touchdowns. Oh. Listen to mom more often. Uh, here's a line, 70.5 rush yards against your Seattle Seahawks. This game now in prime time after it's been flexed due to COVID concerns tied to Vegas and Tampa. I- I'm taking the under, Brandon, because he is going to get humbled here. You know, the good news about Drake is he's getting 15 to 20 touches per game. The bad news is he's bad everywhere in terms of efficiency data, outside the top 40 in yak per attempt, outside the top 40 in missed tackle percentage, outside the top 40 in yards created per touch, and now you get your Seattle Seahawks, who've been pretty darn good against the run, giving up the ninth fewest fantasy points, 3.74 yards per carry. Uh, I hate the Drake this week, not feeling it. Fader follow on the under. Yeah, I mean, they had a slip-up against Rundy against Minnesota when, when uh, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison put up a combined nearly 180 rushing yards. But before that, Todd Gurley, 56 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, 34 yards. Miles Gaskin, 40 yards. Yeah, no one's really been getting rich until this past week. New England had like 19 yards from Sonny Michelle as a high. So they more often than not, by a long shot, have been very good. And Kenyon Drake, more often than not, by a long shot, has not been very good. So I will play those odds and follow you with the under here. All right, let's do a rapido head-to-head on Kenyon Drake. Uh, Kenyon Drake or Philip Lindsay? Kenyon Drake. I've taken Lindsay, believe it or not. Kenyon Drake or Latavius Murray against Carolina? Well, I'm guessing you're taking Latavius Murray as well. But again, I'm going to take the number one over the number two here and go with Kenny Drake. Uh, of course, I'm going to go with Latavius Murray. I'm, you can read me like a book. Mandatory Montgomery. Will he not be marginal Montgomery or Kenny Drake? I'm sure we're going to be agreeing on David Montgomery here with this one. Oh, kumbaya, indeed. <laughs> yes, it is mandatory. It is Montgomery, and that is the correct answer. Number one. All right, last and certainly not least, uh, we'll see if this game is going to be played uh, on time, or maybe we're going to have Tuesday night football, or maybe another Monday night doubleheader, which I'm always down with, but we got to get Ronald Jones on the field this week. Here is a line at monkeyknifefight.com, 75.5 rush yards, over, over, and over again. There is nobody I've been more wrong on than Ronald Jones this year, Brandon. And you may have Leonard Fournette back this week, but you get Vegas. And what we know about Vegas is they give up a plethora of points to the running back position inside the top 10 and most fancy points allowed. Uh, They're allowing close to five yards per carry to RBs on the ground. And Ronald Jones has been a yak monster. Uh, Suddenly at like 3.45, I believe, on the season is where he ranks in that category. He's inside the top 10, forcing a lot of missed tackles, uh, catching occasional balls. Though he's had a case of the dropsies here and there. I mean, you got to follow the hot hand. You got to follow the matchup. You got to follow the volume. 
All of those descriptions apply to Ronald Jones, who is really coming into his own and at this point is practically unbenchable. Fade or follow me on the over 75 and a half rush yards. Yeah, and what I'm surprised about with Vegas, the the odds makers of Vegas, is this seems like they're slow to the take on Ronald Jones, who's three straight 100-yard games, earning his yards. I mean, Tampa's offensive line's been fine. They're kind of middle of the pack in terms of team run block win rate, according to ESPN. But you watch Ronald Jones, he's earning his yards. You mentioned the yak. You can see it. It's not like he's getting touched and then breaking off long runs. He's getting touched, and then he's – you know, he's pushing his way for another three yards. So uh, a lot of that, I love the matchup against the Raiders. They've been soft against the run. So good chance for Ronald Jones to go four straight 100-yard rushing games. I will take the over and follow. I agree. All right, give me one word answer on these head-to-heads. Ronald Jones or Chris Carson? Carson. (laughs) I got Carson, too. Ronald Jones or David Johnson? Jones. Jones by a hair. Ronald Jones or Mike Davis? Oh, I have Mike Davis for that PPR upside. Give me Davis. No, I got Jones two spots ahead. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. Please follow me on Twitter at Noisy Wavos. Please follow Funson at Brandon Funson and follow him and his colleagues' excellent work at The Athletic. And check out FTNFantasy.com, FTNDaily.com, and FTNBets.com for all your fantasy sports and sports betting needs. Use that promo code EVANS, E-V-A-N-S, to get 10% off your subscription today. Drop us a rating and or review, would you kindly? And into Until next time, adios amigos!